1: Hey, Bobby Manning here. Post game live. Night crew, night shift is in for one Lane last one. time. This is the last Lane 10 one. o'clock game of the year. Jimmy's checking in. Good time to yeah, do it. We won't have another one of these till like. I know. Monday, so. I figured
2: I had to make one late, you know, after dark appearance because uh, that's where all the fun happens. You know, I saw you guys, all four of you guys were on the last show and I, ke- I felt kind of left out, even though. I was fast asleep at that point. I watched it the next day. I was like, wow, these guys showed up. And here I am on the outside
1: looking in. We had a blast last night. (laughs) My memory's a little foggy of it, but it it was a lot of fun. Uh, Jokes flying everywhere. The March Madness bracket. We did some predictions and we'll update everybody on those. Uh, If you don't know already, we are doing a March Madness of our own March Madness. Yes. A Garn Report March Madness. Vote for your favorite gun report things. Essentially, phenomenal Moments,
0: things.
1: Yeah, exactly. smart. I try to get video. Alleged.
2: That's alleged. By the way, I That's... think
1: you. I think you hacked in and scrapped the. Oh video. no! It's it's the only.
2: It's still out there. I probably have it saved on my own phone because because I had to document the fakeness of it. Just the to bike's sure.
1: gonna be a strong contender. Bike
2: shouldn't be a three-seed. Bike to me, that's like almost a one-seed bike watch. Is that like a sneaky three seed
1: that I feel like is definitely gonna run, you know, run into the uh final four.
2: I'd be surprised if we
1: didn't. A lot of my hats are in there. It's a lot of Bobby. It's, it's all Bobby stuff. So Bobby's gonna be, <laughs> Bobby's gonna be hard to beat in general, I think. Um The polls are actually being run on the U- on the YouTube chat
2: for March oh, Madness really? too. Yeah. So if you're on the YouTube chat. You can actually um, vote in that chat and it'll all um, add up together in the end. So um, if you're watching the show on one of the YouTube channels, you should be able to see the polls in there and you guys can uh, cast your votes. It's going to going to be a, uh,
1: a crazy, crazy tournament. That's well, what I'm it's it's a lot of it's gonna be a lot of that tonight. It's that kind of game. Another blowout. Celtics pretty much win every game at this point. It's crazy. Another blowout. It's old hat now. It's kind of boring. Groundhog Day. We used to say Groundhog Day
2: for all the wrong reasons. And now yes. it's like Groundhog Day again. You know, it's another blowout. What can you do? What do you? What can you say? Jason Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown lead the way. Tatum just looks like a man a man among boys out there. You know, he's got this like confidence about him right now. This like attitude that. Personally, I was waiting for it all season and it's just starting to show up over the last month or so. He's get that swagger out there. And I said it a couple of shows ago, like opposing fans are taking notice, you know, the ooze in the eyes. You can hear him in the crowd when he gets going. And, um, you know, I know I know in Sacramento it's probably half a crowd there because that that arena wasn't exactly uh, full tonight, but.
1: Probably plenty um, of Celtics people, whether it's yeah, totally. Southern California fans or Northwest fans. There's a, there's a lot of people out there that can travel to Sacramento for a game like this. I know Peyton Pritchard Cheaper a ticket than in Lakers. The yeah, so ton of Celtics fans in there. I, I heard Grandy talking about that too, and he was actually out there with Scal, uh, the Celtics <laughs> presence in the crowd. We saw that in Charlotte. We've seen that in a bunch of road games this year in the Celtics now. Three games over 500 on the road. Uh, as you said, Jimmy, 15 games over 500. Remember, we were doing the 500 ride for <laughs> like, oh, yeah. two years. Too long. And now it's it's not even close. They are way above 500. Yesterday they clinched the game, and they clinched a better record than last season with the 41st win there, or the 42nd win, rather, to go over 500. So, no doubt about it, better season than last year. And it's crazy because to start this year. Looked like it was worse. The meltdowns, uh, the defense was fine, but the offense was in the dump. And the amount of blown games that were going on was unbelievable. I don't know who's running the chat here, but it's firing away. That's so. me.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Jimmy doing
1: some work late night. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just rifling through some comments, like you know, letting the people know that we see you. We see you in there. So, yeah, Tatum's a good place to start. Hits seven of his first nine from three. Kings single-teaming him. Obviously, you see the plus 40. He wasn't any part of that blown lead in the third where it got down to nine. Uh, So, his defense, big part of shutting the Kings down for stretches there, as well as his offense setting a tone. I don't know how any team single-teams him. And, you know, the... Brown got going, so I guess maybe that's part of it, but these guys don't play a lot of minutes together, so there was plenty of opportunities for Sacramento in that first half to throw some doubles, throw some blitzes his way. They started to do that in the second half. He slowed way down, but it was way too late. They were already down 23 at the start of the third quarter there, so this is the game with him. I still think you can throw him off a little bit if you blitz him, if you make other guys hurt you. We've seen that in some recent losses like Dallas, Uh, but if you just Try to guard Tatum one-on-one right now. He's in a place where he's just going to scorch you. He's got the flamethrower out right now. I thought he was going to go for 50 in this one, starting with 22 early in the second.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he was on. And, and even when they doubled him, he was finding ways to kind of get out of that. You know, his passing is just on another level right now. He's seeing the the court, you know, much clearer than he was to start the year. Um, and that's really kind of unlocked him. I think that's made him more of a, conf- a more confident player. Um, on both ends the fact that he's you know i think not thinking as much out there he's just kind of letting the game come to him and using his instincts so i think that um you know that's tra- that's translating to his comfortability on the offensive end and like man every every shot he takes you just kind of think it went in i mean his field goal percentage tonight was unbelievable i think i saw 12 or 15 uh, if, if that's how it ended um 12 or 16 16 yeah. okay yeah so i mean i mean really like you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, if you're, if if you're, you know, that his style of play and then, you know, we, we gotta, you know, we joke about not mentioning Jalen Brown all the time, but we do have to give him his props as well, because him and Tatum were kind of going back and forth tonight. Um, and it wasn't like in a bad way, it wasn't like one guy's offense was hurting the other guy. So, um, this was one of those games where both players were on, um, and, and, you know, I would say making each other better. Um, which is one of our big concerns to start the season and last season was their inability to do that it was like my turn your turn we said it a million times so um not the case tonight and um listen they needed these guys tonight cuz the bench continues to be an issue and I know we'll get into that a little bit later um but these are your two this is your two-headed monster you know Brown and Tatum and you're only going to go as far as these guys take you and tonight they took you as more than you know more than as far as you needed to go for sure
1: I'm excited Right about, Brian. comes into this one and I thought had probably one of his three to five best shooting games of the season. Definitely his best mm-hmm. since February. He's been in this big slump to start March, missing a bunch of shots inside, missing free throws still. I don't know what's going on with him there. Yeah. Hard to tell. That's just a random thing that guys go through, and he's gone through for essentially his whole career. So it's not kind of abnormal for him to be missing those, but I'm noticing that more and more. But overall, great here. Finishing shots, you talk about them connecting, start that third, came through a nice skip pass out of the double team, and got Brown going downhill for the free throws. We always talk about how much are they going to pass to each other, so it's always a pleasant I'm uh, not even surprised anymore. It's just pleasant to see them working back and forth on plays like that. And Brown steady throughout, getting downhill, super aggressive early. I talk about this with him, even when he hasn't played well, he's been critical for cracking the lid off the basket, whatever phrase you want to use there when the offense is struggling, because you went in the other night, Jimmy, that Warriors game early was a grind both teams not scoring two best defenses in the nba and who's the one just giving the celtics that slight edge early it's brown just tearing through the middle uh you know sometimes getting blocked in there but getting his own rebound back finishing in this game doing things like that and getting to the free throw line aggressively even if he's not hitting them at a high rate it's important and There's not many games, even when he does struggle, that he's out of the picture. He's shooting a lot. He's super involved. And I'll take it, even if he's shooting a little bit worse this year, having an overall worse year statistically, the sheer points that he's given them, I think, are important. it's a big reason this offense has emerged as a top 10 unit in this new year. Yeah, I mean, I
2: think we've you know we've talked about it on the chat and stuff that Brown just hasn't looked as sharp lately. You know, something's off with him, and we're not really sure what it is if it's injury or or whatnot. But tonight was one of those games where he he brought it and he looked a lot more like the Jalen Brown that we've seen. You know, in I don't want to say flashes because he's been more consistent than you know he's been more of the productive Jalen Brown than not. So I'm not going to say inconsistent in that sense. But I think everyone would agree recently um, that he's been a little off. And whether that's with the ball handling, whether that's with the shot, um, whether that's just looking disengaged out there at points. But I think tonight, you know, it was one of those start to finish type nights where um, he got going. And again, it was like the the two man show. I mean, these guys were clear in a way, you know, the most, the, the, well, I, w- I won't say clear in a way because Sabonis had an unbelievable night too for, for the Kings, but those three players were clearly, um, you know, above and beyond a lot of the rest uh, of the guys out there tonight. So. It's too bad about Sabonis. I mean, I know, I know we're not going to talk about him too much, but me and you are big Sabonis guys. Yeah. And, it, you know, the guy goes 30, 20, and 5 tonight. I mean, just an unbelievable stat line. And it's he's honestly capable of, of those numbers, like, more often than not. He's a, just a great all-around big man. He's just got this
1: – He just works. He works great, in there.
2: Great touch. And, honestly, he missed a lot of shots at the rim tonight. He should have had more than 30 points. But – um it's just sad that he's going to just sort of toil away on, on Sacramento for he took all year. the
1: Pacers worst players with them. No yeah. offense to Justin holiday and uh, Jeremy Lamb who missed this game, but those yeah, weren't no Indiana's offense. best. No those, were, those weren't Indiana's best <laughs> coming back with them. And he has to join the Kings cast that lost buddy healed and Tyrese Halliburton. and, uh, oh and it's it's a couple years 2024 he's a free agent so he has to grind through this for two more seasons after this it's oh yeah. we want to see him you didn't I ask for I, any of this I want to see him in Boston I still go back and forth the way Rob's playing about if I'd go back in time and do that um, but that was the only one I would really consider training Rob for now obviously it's out of the question Sacramento is just going to stick with him out there at least until that contract year but, man, even if it wasn't Boston, you would have liked to have seen him go somewhere good, and it doesn't get any worse than where he went. Worse.
2: It does not get any worse. I mean,
1: how Boston easy are they get. to score on? It was – is Tatum and Brown running these teams sometimes? And, listen, Sacramento earlier in the year was the first one where they beat this team by 60, essentially. It's just so easy to score on them. It, it's I know De'Aaron Fox didn't play in either of these games. So they're a little shorthanded. John will say, check it off the list as another opponent that is missing <laughs> no, a guy. <laughs> but really is crazy, though. I their mean... defense stinks. 28th in the league, just like last year. New coach, Alvin Gentry. I guess same staff, but they are just horrendous. And they went all in on this year with a Sabonis move. And they're like four games back of the playing tournament. In the West, the West is bad this year. They're worse than the Lakers. The Lakers have been horrible.
2: I know. It's 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 tough because you actually thought that the Kings were on the right track, and then they go <laughs> and make that trade that no didn't seem like any Kings fan liked that trade at all. Um,
1: getting rid of... Um, I don't think anyone in it. the NBA world liked that, and that's rare. Everyone likes to disagree about everything. Right. Everyone likes to be a contrarian, but everyone saw then and was like, uh-oh. And now they're 4-11 and 11 since the right. trade. Yeah. I mean, both teams have played pretty
2: poorly, I think, t- during the trade. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone thought that they were going to completely turn it around anyways, but yeah, it's just tough. For them. I mean, it, it, it's the Kings, the Kings are the Kings. They're one of those franchises where I just, I, I, man, I'm just so happy that I wasn't born a Kings fan because honestly, <laughs> like it would be tough. I mean, I don't know how they do it over there. It's not a whole lot going on for them. I mean, you got to really love basketball, I guess, to to get up for those guys, but Hopefully someday they can turn it around. I don't know what it's going to take because they just seem like one of those franchises that <laughs> there's just no end in sight. Bless you. New owners. Uh, yeah. I mean, they'll need something like that. Yeah. They need a culture change. That's what it is. I mean, maybe Sabonis can, can help, you know, and obviously Fox is a, is a really great, talented player, too. Um, another guy that deserves, you know, good publicity and, and, you know, winning team. So I don't know what it's going to take, but, you know, that's, that's King's talk. That, that's,
1: that's the end of the King's talk um yeah you, you know, know that, you have to feel uh, worse for is our old friend there um in the broadcast booth what's his what's his name why am i drawing a blank oh drapes our guy drapes, drapes yes
2: drapes is loving it over there Are you kidding me he's got his own t-shirts going around i think i saw he's, <laughs> he's, he's fitting right in over there he's got that california lifestyle going for him so i don't feel too bad but yeah i'm sure he would like to see um a more successful team for sure um you know it's just part of the fun i mean Kyle we, we remember what it was like the first half of this season it felt like the celtics were you know they probably had a worse record than the kings to be honest to start the year so um you know it's it's turned around dramatically for the celtics here and it's special it's it's honestly a special run that they're on i don't know how deep they're going to go into the play i don't know what's going to happen next because like we've talked about you know some of these teams they've played the guys have been undermanned or they've been bad teams so Yes, the Celtics are taking care of business and they're dominating opponents and they're playing the best basketball, um, arguably in the NBA over you know the last three months here. Um, but you have to wonder how that's going to change when the playoffs come around. Teams start to lock in on defense on their own end. Guys get healthier, um, rotations shorten a little bit. So there's there's a lot of questions to still ask. I mean, we're constantly checking the standings to try to figure out you know who the Celtics should you know want to play and who they match up with best. So. It's not like they're this shoe and number one team where it's like, yeah, give us whoever you want. We'll just, you know, take care of business. It doesn't, doesn't feel that way. But the difference is they should be able to go toe to toe with, with pretty much anybody in, in the, in the Eastern conference. Uh, so, I'm not saying that they're going to, they're going to win it against any team, but they should be competitive and it should make for a decent series.
1: So Celtics had a chance to go up to three today uh, with Dallas in Philly Dallas, obviously, has been on a tear going back to that win on Sunday. But Philly did handle them here. 32 from Embiid, 24 from Harden. So, they stay in three. Celtics firmly in four now. A game over Chicago, who lost here. Chicago Um, got works tonight against Phoenix. So, that's where you want to be, essentially, I'd say. It's like that three to four-ish range. You, You either get a Cavs team or a Raptors team. I think that's our most exciting outcome is the Toronto Series. Or the chicago boston thing which would probably have the potential to be dare i say 09-esque i'm sure you really love that series jimmy living that era the totally. one of the most famous first round series of all time uh, with the with firepower that these two teams have uh, a lot of defense on both ends if they're both going to be fully healthy that would be something uh, i wouldn't be scared of it i think the scarier opponents in the east you don't want to see milwaukee uh, you don't want to see brooklyn certainly although i go back and forth on that one um chicago's scary but you can take them and you should take them if you're going to be a champion as i think they can be uh, so i wouldn't be dodging chicago but you would definitely have an easier time against cleveland toronto if you can move up one spot um philly interesting like doc had been teasing oh we're gonna arrest some guys a lot of people saying that maybe they were trying to dodge brooklyn so you might have a possibility if they're doing that of moving up to three Bucks got the number one offense rolling right now over the last 15, and Miami's four ahead of Boston, I believe, at this point. So that's probably not in the cards. So that sweet spot, three, four, is where I think they're probably going to be, and you're going to be playing either a Chicago or a Cleveland or Toronto round one, which I think uh, – You want to avoid Brooklyn. Yeah. You don't want to Brooklyn round one, especially – So that's the thing. Brooklyn's lurking there, but they're still pretty far back a seven. Right. At this point.
2: Yeah. And you don't know, I mean, more, more Simmons news came out today that he's like not close to playing. More Kyrie so,
1: news as well. New York standing yeah, firm. on the Yeah.
2: Mandate. Yeah. That's um, that's pretty tough um, news for them. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know what's, I don't know what to say about that other than, I mean, that's what they're going, that's what the city's going with and there's really no, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty been clear the reality like from day one. NBA players have, are starting to come out against it. You know, we we heard LeBron say something. We heard Durant say something. So I don't know how much longer it's going to last. Or, but regardless, it is it is what it is, and they're going to have to deal with it. Um, the Simmons stuff, to me, is just crazier. To be to be honest, I mean, did anyone know that this guy had a back injury? <laughs> like,
1: it developed it developed I mean, fairly quickly upon arrival.
2: It's unbelievable. I mean, it's I don't hey. know.
1: Remember, you and John wanted him here <laughs> once upon a time.
2: Yeah, way back. I mean, when, <laughs> when it made made a little bit more sense. But, yeah, now I wouldn't go near the guy with a 10-foot 10, ten foot pole. I mean, he, does he want to play basketball? I don't know. I don't even know if he wants to play basketball. I, I really don't. So, I mean, if you're the Nets, you really – I mean, geez. I understand that there were issues with Harden. So, this is the question,
1: Man. right, right here. Where did – did it just appear – I guess it could have appeared within –
0: days of arrival they do
2: physicals like yeah I mean like what are they like what are they
0: all right we want to take a little pause tell everybody about our exclusive wagering partner bet online bet it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage as the tournament is finally upon us looking to wager Bet online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport, sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online, where the game starts once again. Head over there to the website. Use that promo code CLNS50 and get started today.
2: I can't figure it out. I thought I thought that Simmons would be playing by now, and the fact that he's not even practicing, he's not even. He's not even doing one on one drills. Like Yeah,
1: he's one on zero. <laughs> it's like
2: Yao Ming against the chair, like back in the day, that infamous <laughs> clip. You know, it's like one gotta... on zero.
1: And we've seen the clips. It's about forty percent energy, the shooting and the uh in the work he's doing yeah. in on yeah, his own court thing. there.
2: Just you're too young too young to have a bad back too young to have a bad back, you know? Like just get out there and, and play basketball. Let's see what happens. I can't I, imagine. I don't...
1: I don't want to talk about the Nets. We'll get to them. I we at least have to get to Peyton Pritchard first, because yes, back is, to the South.
2: Yeah, we we went around the NBA right there.
1: This is outstanding.
2: We we got, okay. We got to talk about the bench. So if you want to start with Pritchard, we'll start with Pritchard.
1: Yeah. So the bench right now essentially Peyton Pritchard, uh, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, and Derek White. Tice coming on. Over this last 10, 11 games, here's to try to get Horford out. some rest. I'm sorry. I know that my camera is like out of focus. I can't figure out why that is. So we're just going to keep it rolling. People are, people are messaging me about it, but there's a, the focus is on the lights. Maybe that's what you're trying to emphasize your nice lights. Is that what it's doing? Looks like it. But um, as for Pritchard, I've been tracking this thing over the last couple of weeks here. Happened in Golden State, happened in that Dallas game. It's happening pretty much every night there we go i'm Next back focus. bitches i'm back let's go so pritchard opens this fourth quarter three straight threes pointed on catch and shoot perfect roll for him he's doing this every game now i'm calling him the gentleman in the fourth he's not this the king the, in the fourth this is isaiah the gentleman in the fourth wow he's showing up and he's slamming the door you know, or he's closing the door softly with these threes early in the fourth it's it's just routine. It's reliable. Two threes against Dallas, two threes against golden state, three threes in the fourth against, uh, the he's getting Kings his, he's tonight. getting his,
2: um, he's getting his chance. And he's rolling with it. He's 40% from three. I think I saw, I heard Grandy's stat like 40% from three since, I don't know, January one, December 1st. Like yeah. December one. Okay. I mean like that's what you need from a guy, you know, a guy who's your three point shooter. I mean that 40% is, is the key number there. So um he's getting an opportunity now that um my friend Dennis is gone and he's he's running with it he's getting he's earning that playing time I mean in the beginning of the season he was an afterthought you know he, he barely got you know barely got any burn and when he did he didn't, he looked he looked kind of lost out there now he's kind of got a little bit more confidence he's getting the minutes he's proven that he can you know continue to hit those three-point shots that honestly when, when he gets going I mean he's got some of the best range in the team to be honest so this is the Peyton Pritchard that you predicted would be the starting point guard by the end of the year. You're going to miss on that, but I think you were at least onto something in the sense that he's he has a place in this league and especially on this team in this rotation.
1: Yeah, they need a shooting. And I don't know why they couldn't integrate him with Schroeder out there. I guess it's just Emei's thing of having a short rotation. So Pritchard was on the outside. Schroeder was part of that core 7-8 there. And for a team that was starving for offense as much as they were i was stunned that they weren't rolling with them there so the biggest reason i wanted schroeder gone is i felt like the not only the addition by subtraction of schroeder for all the reasons that we debate not even getting into that the addition of pritchard being able to play developed some rhythm over 15 20 minutes and become the shooter that he is, which is essentially a 40% shooter in this league. That's who he is through two seasons now. I think that's who he's showing to be more often than not when he's in catch-and-shoot opportunities and in that role. So that's crucial for a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting. And he has this pocket of time early in fourth quarters where the game's moderately close. He gets a few open looks, and he's converting them. So this is the key, doing more with less time. He's not getting the spot starts and the – extended minutes of Kemba's absence and Smart's injuries last year. It's still a different role than last year where Brad was letting him run wild for like 30 minutes some nights. It's going to be a very small role for Pritchard come playoff time, but catch and shoot threes, you know, you can do that. He's passing at a higher level. I think he's a better passer than last year with the summer league experience that he got. And his defense, Jimmy, I am, I think everyone's pleasantly surprised with the defense he plays with, but when he gets caught in these mismatches, they are doing some brilliant stuff to get him out of there. Scramble switches in the lane, getting them right out to the perimeter and bringing in a big to fit in on the big man that's trying to go at him. They're yeah. doing a little bit of that. When he needs to front a guy, he can do it. There was a great play against Durant a couple weeks ago where Brown came flying around the blind side and stole the ball as he was attacking Pritchard. So you can't go at Pritchard. Teams get a little distracted doing it, and the Celtics have counters for it. And this is just the coaching of e it's the defensive connectivity of this team. You can put Pritchard out there, who's obviously the weakest defensive link of their rotation, and you can still thrive. And he's given you the shooting. So, this is a massive development for this team. I agree. And they
2: need all the bench help they can get right now. So, if he's going to be the guy that steps up, not saying that nobody else is capable of stepping up. I mean, Grant Williams has done a commendable job coming off the bench this year. Um, you know, got to give him shout outs. But I do think that he's still somewhat limited in what he can provide you um and so is Pritchard obviously but they you know they both do what they do well um and Pritchard I had the comment up you know right now you're seeing a little bit more of Pritchard maybe than you thought because Derek White your big trade deadline acquisition um you know broke his broke his 0 for streak tonight we have we have for 16 at the worst we have to we have to um give a congratulations to Derek White he did hit a shot tonight Um, It had been quite some time. He had two shots tonight. Well, one was a dunk. Um, That actually broke the streak. And then he actually hit a three-pointer. I'm going to say that. It was worth staying up. It was worth staying up for this game. If you stayed up for the fourth quarter, you saw something very rare they might make. Um, What's that NFT that they're doing on, the NBA's doing? Um, What are they called? Top shot? Top shot. They might make a top shot. Derek White three-point top shot, which would be a very rare card. So, you should um, get that one Jimmy. something to think about but Derek white that's three ten- maybe that's gonna get him off the snide a little bit um because man does he need uh does he need to because the 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 borderline black hole that he's been providing them on the offensive side of things has been troubling um you know we've talked about it John would be beating the drum right now about it
1: he would have opened the show Two first with round
2: her. picks two first round <laughs> picks oh my gosh Richardson could be doing exactly what he would be doing and and you're paying him 17 million a year so We'll sit, we'll spare you guys that level of criticism, but we do have to acknowledge that there has certainly been, you know, and I think Ime is starting to answer questions about it. Now, um, you know, he's acknowledging that they need to get white going back in the right direction. And listen, just like you, Bobby, and I'm sure a lot of these people watching, they, we know what Derek, how Derek white can help the team and how he has been helping the team. Right. Obviously he's doing it in other ways. He's doing it by facilitating. He's doing it on the defensive end. But that being said, you can't be a negative on offense. You can't be, uh, you know, a, a, an ofer on offense. So um, that's going to have to get going. And and I think I think it will. I I think this is a slump and, and players go through them and he's on a new team and a new system and all that stuff that we've talked about. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, although it sounds like I am, but I'm just not willing to, I'm not willing to accept that he's this bad on offense, put it that way. So that's what I'm, I'm kind of holding out hope that, he can't possibly continue on this, you know, streak of missing
1: shots. So uh, let's go back to when they traded for him. I had Matthew Tynan on Dome Theory, who covers the Spurs down there on Substack. And he said it's been a weird year for White offensively. Hasn't shot well all season. That goes back to the Spurs days, the beginning of the year. And has been even worse since he's arrived here, down the mid-20s, three-point shooting-wise. So... They feel good about him getting back to those low 30s. You'd obviously be in a much better place with him doing that. The problem is, and we talked about this after the last game, Sherrod hit on this, uh, they are guarding him differently now. They're backing off him. They want him to shoot. They're giving him the smart treatment almost, and smarts him been mm-hmm. shooting well. So when those guys are out there together, they want to funnel the ball to White, who in the rhythm of the offense is making good decisions, is pushing the ball around, making good passes out of the corner, run some good pick-and-roll with Tice out there. There's a lot of different things that he's doing. I don't say that to defend him. It's just the truth. You know, he's not reliant on his scoring to make an impact, and he's certainly in the play for an all-defensive team this year. So he's playable. Is White? Yeah. I actually read on Basketball News they had him uh, second-team all-defense. Really? That would be kind of shocking to
2: me. I'm not saying he's a bad defender. I just I haven't heard that. he's night. in
1: He's in the conversation. So I don't know if he'll get it. But he certainly. That's has like saying Jason
2: Tatum's there. in the conversation for MVP. It's like, well, yeah, you just inserted him into the conversation, but like realistically, he has zero chance at being the
1: MVP. Well, I mean, White has a better chance on defense, but he's on the edge of that second team. There's a couple of candidates okay. there. I'll give you that. Give so you, that. you know, he takes a lot of charges. He's top three in that sense. I mean, he plays a, hard. I mean, no a million one, things know. he does, but sure, you can't have a guy out there for the minutes that he's out there, frankly unable to hit a shot at all looking hesitant didn't you did you hear Scal talking about him babysitting the ball or however he described it and before he shoots that's essentially what we're seeing right now there's a hesitancy there's a frustration really uh so when he hit that three you could you could just i don't know if you saw it but he was like a massive
2: sigh of relief yes like kind of like held his arm up there for an extra second just to sort of just to sort of take it all in like okay yeah like that's what it feels like to hit a shot okay yeah i remember that feeling um, so maybe that's what he needs. You know, obviously he's thinking about it. He, he's not hes not naive to the fact that he's going through a slump right now. And I'm sure he's putting more pressure on himself than anybody else is too. So it's not meant to say, oh, Derek White, like worst trade ever. Like this guy sucks. He can't play. It's just acknowledging the fact that, yeah, he's obviously going through a, sl- a slump. Now we're going to have a couple of years to go over that trade. You know, we're going to be talking about that trade for a long time. And I'm sure like – you know Derek White's going to need to do a lot more to make people to make some people okay with that trade because just because of what they gave up you know the the picks the pick well the one pick and the pick swap if we want to be completely accurate um and then Richardson essentially so you know Richardson could help you probably just as much as White's been helping you right now wish
1: so, you wish you could have both i mean that's the sure. yeah that's i mean imagine if you, I'm kind i mean of...
2: could you have had both bobby we kind of chatted about this a little bit i mean it was just was this a wick being cheap move
1: that prevented you from having it's it? It's tough. So you, this is the key to me. You could have absorbed White right into the T P, the Fournier one, uh, making roughly that kind of money this year, 16000000 million-ish. So you didn't need a match salary. Maybe you throw Romeo or Nismith, or maybe both. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone would have been too mad about moving on for both of them. And we'll get to NeSmith by the end of the show here. I know I saw a couple of people we? asking about him. <laughs> Well, he may address that. He may address White, too. And so he's fielding yeah, he more did. and more questions about the shooting here. Yeah. And I find two things interesting that he's talking about. His key to the end of the season keeps repeating it. He's talked about it a bunch of times. as integrating White and Tice fully to this rotation. I think there's a sense on this coaching staff right now that they haven't been putting him in the best position to succeed. They haven't been running the best plays for him. You, know, you saw him against Atlanta at the Atlanta game a couple of weeks ago. They were running plays for him in the second quarter, getting him after Young said this last show and he really went off in that game and helped them win a tough game against the Hawks there at home uh, so there's been a where he's more involved and active on the ball and he's almost a guy that you kind of have to urge it feels like to be active and involved in a playmaker and an aggressive shooter and scorer he's one of those guys that just wants to pass makes that extra dish and you know get downhill and feed others so he's gotta get that run going to feel good right get to the free throw line a little bit. That's obviously an area he's good at. Like they got to put him in more involved positions to succeed. And I think the conflict right now is getting Brown, those second unit touches, because they're out there together quite a bit and having yet white be more of an active on ball player. Whereas right now I think he's just in a corner a lot. I think he's cutting off ball a lot. Sometimes he doesn't get seen because we know a Brown handles the ball sometimes. So I'd like to see White have the ball a lot more. In fact, I think White has 10 less touches per game than Brown last time I looked. And that's something that should probably balance out, especially the way Brown and, you know, I see in the chat right now, I could even do some Brown-White pick-and-roll. Like, there's got to be some way to have him, like, center in the offense. Because um, right now, it just seems like he's in the corner a lot, right? Like, he shouldn't be a catch-and-shoot corner guy. It's just not who he is.
2: No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think that right now they're trying a bunch of different things, but you're you talking about Derek White still? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought so.
1: Um, Brown. No, it's not, it's not who
2: unit.
1: he is. What's that? Uh, him and Brown are playing a lot together right. in that second unit. So I think that's where the conflict's well, coming up a little bit.
2: Right. I mean, they're, they're mixing and matching. I mean, Derek White has to be a part of both units. Like he's, he should be playing way more than he's playing, to be completely honest. And like, they're trying to get him acclimated with the starters, trying to get him acclimated with the second unit. Right now you've got like Tatum in the bench, you're, playing like the best together i would say out of you know well it's tatum so you can play well with anybody but
1: mm-hmm. there's
2: a certain like comfortability that this, it's just not there with Derek white yet i mean now that being said he's still able to make players better around him and i think that was obviously one of the reasons why they brought him in because they wanted to take some of the heat off of tatum and brown the ball handling yeah. and that's and, working and- right totally absolutely i mean it's totally working so i i think that in that sense he's doing what they're asking him to do. It's just that you need to have a little bit more coming from him on the offensive side. I, Cause what's going to happen is teams are going to start cheating more and that's yep. going to end up preventing, you know, we, we saw the doubles
1: on Tatum earlier tonight and it's going to close games. Well, right now, no. Yeah. I, I think the last close game, the Dallas one on Sunday, they closed with the starters and he was on the bench. So right. that's a big question right there. You want this guy to be one of your closing players. He's a playmaker he's a guy that can defend. Zach Lowe even wrote today that for them to be at their best offensively come playoff time, it can't be double big. It's going to have to be one big, your forwards, and a couple guards. Maybe Pritchard's going to close some games just with the way he's shooting right now. I think it's going to be a field thing for Eme. So There's not many games left, but there's still a lot of rotation questions to answer. Even with a short rotation, and even with fairly reliable starting unit, like those questions aren't in play right now. It's that second unit through the middle of games and the closing lineup, which I don't think has been set really all year. It's kind of been a mixed bag there. um So the big issue tonight, obviously, was that third quarter, the collapse there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went from up With 23. Run. Yeah, to up nine. It got pretty scary there. And White yeah. was on the floor. I believe Tice was on the floor for part of that stretch. Uh, you had Grant. Uh, you had Brown out there. Tatum ends at plus 40 and you know pritchard cleaned it up with the plus big plus minus himself but you yeah. see the splits across the plus minuses here based on that big run that they gave up against them there so i don't know i'm not making a huge deal out of that but it was a rough patch here if we're going to nitpick a little bit and try to figure out like what the sweet spot is for this rotation because that bench right now just overall I know it's not necessarily a bench and Tatum's probably going to play like 42 minutes a night, 44, probably some nights when the playoffs come around. So this won't be as big of a problem, but right now they're trying to go a little deeper and it costs them in that stretch there. Uh, they just don't have the best second unit. It doesn't come together all that well. And I still think guys are trying to figure out a lot of stuff, whether it's Brown with the ball handling, the white stuff we've talked about grant. I think coming back to her just a little bit after a scorching stretch there for a bit. And, I don't know how you feel about Tice and his run with the team so far. Well,
2: I haven't seen enough of Tice. I mean, I, I, I thought we would be seeing a lot more of him. Um, but I think down the stretch here, I mean, they've got a back to back. Don't they have a back to back coming up Sunday? Uh, yeah,
1: Nuggets and Thunder.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm thinking that you'll see him a little bit more um, coming up here. But you might, get... you might
1: set Horford in Oklahoma.
2: Well, I was just going to say, like, you need to, Horford needs to rest up a little bit. You know, um, you don't want Horford hitting a wall down the stretch here and into the playoffs where, He's just, you know, he can't go the way he was because he's been huge for you guys this all season, you know, on on the defensive end especially. Offense has been a little, um, you know, hit or miss. Um, but you don't want him to run out of gas coming down the stretch here. So you need a guy like Tice that's going to be able to come in um, and, you know, just eat minutes and just, you know, no one's asking Tice to take over a game, but he should be able to contribute on both ends enough where Al can – you know, cut into his minutes significantly down the stretch here. And, you know, same with Rob, you know, if you can get Rob a little spell here and there, like that's what you need from your bench guys. You know, they, you need to have guys that you can depend to come in, sort of just hold it down for a bit and, you know, give these guys a little wind and then get into the playoffs healthy. And that's what I want Tice to do. I'm I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the guy. I don't think anybody should be, but I feel like he has played much less than I anticipated. Yeah,
1: I only feel like the one great game he had and played quite a bit in was that Philly blowout where Horford got into the foul trouble early. He's got some experience against Embiid. I'm not going to say success against Embiid because we've seen Embiid just kind of knock him into row five (laughs) a couple of times over the years. That's when you want Horford in there. Yeah, so he can give you something. That's what I'll say. Eight minutes, I think, as you described it, there's a good way to talk about it. I mean, he knows the system. He can switch. Right. He's long Rebounds, he runs the pick and roll, and he can shoot a tiny bit. So there's a lot of things you like about him, but you probably don't want him playing at all come playoff time. I'd say you probably want the full Rob. Hor- well, I mean, no, just, you lower
2: your rotation. I mean,
1: that's yeah. how
2: it goes, you know. I no, mean, it's
1: nothing with him. It's just Rob Tice or Robin Horford are so much better. um exactly. So hopefully, hopefully Hor- Horford's ready for some big time minutes coming the postseason run. Well, and you know, twenty-one the night, twenty-one the night's a good start may was talking rest uh, and shoot around and such pregame. I, that probably is mostly about Horford, right? You know, he's the guy that they've right. really managed this year, the back-to-backs and such. Uh, so he's probably who they're looking at through some of the back-to-backs end of the year. I know they have three days off at the end of this week coming up. So they have like a weird schedule with a couple back-to-backs and a bunch of off days down the stretch here, which helps. Um, so they're going to be well-rested. I think their seating looks good. Uh, so... Right now, like, I don't think there's a ton of questions to ask about this team, but there are little things that they're going to have to tinker with here, and rest is certainly one of them. I don't know. Do Brown and Tatum need nights off here? I'd imagine probably not. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go down that route yet. I mean, we'll
2: see what how the playoff picture kind of clears up down the stretch, and if it makes sense, then they will. Um, but we're talking about – listen, we're talking about White needing to get on the same page. We're talking about Tice – getting some more burn, and trying acclimated. to get, getting the same page. Well, you know, what can help these guys get on the same page, Bobby Coda. Yes. Our sponsor, our sponsor for the garden report is none other than Coda guys. You know, what's great being able to work from anywhere, you know, Bobby, Jimmy God, doesn't even
1: need a banner. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it here. If I can Yeah, do I don't yeah. need a
2: banner, but I mean, you know, you're working from everyone's working from all over the map right now. You might be, if you might be working from home, you could be at a coffee shop. Maybe you are in the office, but either way, you want to be on the same page as your team, as, as the people in your company. You don't want to be going back and forth with emails and phone calls and texts and all this stuff. Great way to do that is with Coda. So um, let me just get into it real quick with teams working all across the country. Your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets and a stack of work for workflow tools. You have to jump in and out of all day, not with Coda. That's a document that brings it all together for you. It's endlessly customizable. It's connected. There's templates for anything. Documents, charts, maps, graphs, um, notes—you name it, Coda has it. Um, and it grabs to growing teams, big businesses, small businesses. If you look at the number of companies that use Coda, it's—you've been it goes, using it? Um, I've been checking it out. Yeah, I have been actually. It's pretty cool. Um, you can kind of, you can kind of create your own little sort of roadmap of your of what's working for you. If if it's a small business, if it's just. Your own personal, you know, Bobby, you're, you're, you are you're. could be a bit of a one-man band, I'm sure, and, and, and you would be able to use it to sort of get everything on track there. Um, everything's synced, so people, multiple people can be working on the same documents from different areas. You don't need to be, like, saving it and emailing it and then them editing it. So it's all pretty cool that way. Um, no copying and pasting. And it's free. And it's free. So with Coda, you can solve for just about anything. And right now, you can get started for free. Have your team all working together on the same page, head over to coda.io/garden, coda.io slash garden. That's c o-d-a dot io to get started for free. Coda.io slash garden. You guys check it out. Um, it's free to check out and you might, you know, you might get a little bit more productivity out of your, out of your team, you know, who, nothing gonna, to lose. Who, who's going to complain about a little bit more productivity. You get done with your work a little bit early. Summer Fridays are coming up. You know, you want to get it was the
1: ultimate one, right? Today was
2: like a little summer Friday preview. If you're in the New England area, I, I, I know people were bombing out of work today at like one o'clock. <laughs> so um, if you have CODA, it makes, makes it a little easier to do that. You know, because Hey, shoot me the shoot me the uh document and code i'll take a look at it like on my commute home not while you're driving but if you know on the bus or on the subway or something
1: so i'll tell you i love road games on friday because you go to cover a celtics game on friday causeway street after it's like roaming through the jungle (laughs) with all the bars letting out it's 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 an adventure getting back home after after a celtics game so i'm glad to be working remote here tonight we've had a late one here so i think we'll cut it a little bit early here jimmy Gotta get some sleep, man. You've been working hard. We, we today. got it.
2: We got it's end of the week. You know, everyone's kind of at the end of their, uh, end of their. What do they call it? Your, end of their West Coast your, trip. Your ropes, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, end of the
1: West Coast trips. But um, we're going to Mountain Time next to Eight o'clock starts on Sunday and Monday, which are much. Little better. Joker
2: action coming up. Is that is that what I saw?
1: Yeah, on Sunday against the uh, MVP. Just beat Philly. I'm on board. Like I, I've always been a bit of a Jokic skeptic. You see enough of the forty, fifteen and ten Oh, you're on York.
2: board? You, you oh you oh you're you're officially on board with uh, with Jokic now? Okay. Well, I've always you got liked Bobby's Emb- stamp of approval.
1: <laughs> I've always liked Embiid more as a player. I think if I had a pick between the two, I'd probably take Embiid. But you just like when you think of the definition of MVP, just value, uplifting a team, uh, doing the most in various different areas. I mean, he's a better yeah. defender, I think, than anyone can really imagine who hasn't watched him consistently this year. Uh, He can be a menace on that end some nights. So he's gotten in better shape. Uh, He obviously had a monster game last time he played the Celtics, although nine turnovers. That game, to me, really showed the value of Smart as much as anybody. And I guess uh, related to that, we've been tossing back Rob, Smart, Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I wrote about it earlier in the week. I kind of want to see where you fall on that whether you had a pick between smart or Rob for the Celtics candidate per se, to be in the running for that award. Cause they probably deserve someone as the number one defense. That's a tough one, man. I
2: mean, I think both guys are so integral to their, you know, what's working for them. I There's something about the way Rob, Rob's been sort of patrolling like all over the place recently. That kind of makes me want to give him the edge. That being said, like I know Marcus smarts value defensively and I, he has, he definitely has, the resume to back it up that he is one of the best defense defenders in the nba but i just the think the that's yeah, i think the way rob has kind of affected the celtics on the defensive end this year kind of gives me an edge like man he just like, can show show shows up out of nowhere and just swats balls like even when he
1: doesn't oh get my god hand did you balls, watch the warriors game yeah well oh, i saw man. the first half um, the, yeah, block, that, yeah, the block, the block, the first yeah. one, yeah. Where I think Tatum lost his man; it was pool or something. And Rob just comes flying through. I th- he had a block like that tonight too, help side, where he just like floated up like Superman right. and swatted the ball from behind. And the, the big,
2: the big, it's like the reemergence of the big man this year. You know, with with Embiid and Jokic kind of going at it for MVP. And you've got the Rob. Cavs;
1: they have three bigs at this yeah, start.
2: I mean, the it was it was very guard heavy for the last few years, and now it almost feels like. The resurgence of the big man is upon us here. So it's nice that Rob um, is even in that discussion because um, you know, he's dealt with a lot of on, you know, he's trying to get on the court has not been the easiest thing for him over the last few years to start his career. So it's just nice to see him string together um a season where he's getting that love and he's and he's earning it. Um and and he's not just a standing in the paint, it's the quite quite the opposite of that, really. I mean, he's out guarding wings, he he's can out switch yeah, he's switching he's he's guarding swings, wings. I mean, he'll switch on to bigs he comes out of nowhere and and even if he doesn't get a hand on the ball, like he makes it so much more difficult for guys to get a clean shot off and so, so that's the
1: thing like there's a couple of things. I mean defense as a whole is kind of hard to write numbers up for, right? like there's some stuff I think we've gotten better at the last five, ten years or so here with like shots yeah. contested and I'm sure there's a couple stats like deflections and loose balls recovered and all that different kind of stuff that helps you a little bit get an idea of like who's the best on that end uh but still like how do you track the amount of shots that rob alters doesn't block but alters is yeah, the last comment fine. said right there like there's a lot of stuff and even i think the best argument in smarts and and rob actually last week uh, advocated for smart winning the award over himself saying that smart pretty much organizes everything all the communication right. calling out the opposing plays like that is stuff if you're not watching the celtics every night as a voter that you would have no idea unless you ask someone so that works in smart's favor he obviously has a great reputation too i think you ask anyone in the nba about smart and they're like that's one of the best defenders that's out there so that might work for him too Definitely. the media i think is up on that too
2: yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not not trying to diminish what Smart does. I think I think we can all say that Smart is more of like the glue to the team running on both ends of the court, really. But I just think Rob's, you know, presence, right? Rob's now, what
1: makes him special in my yeah, mind.
2: Yeah. Ro- Rob's presence, I think is the word, you know, is really affecting them in a positive way on the defensive end, and I think his, you know, that that sort of emergence is is why I'm kind of giving him the edge there. But you can't really like if Marcus Smart makes the team over him, I don't know if anyone's gonna say, "Oh, like that's that's wrong." Like Rob was, you know, Rob was hosed or whatever. I mean, they they both have a case, so maybe they both somehow get on there. Um, it's a good problem to have, I guess. It's good, it's a good it's a good debate to have because you know the Celtics are playing like the best defense in the NBA, and those two guys are leading the charge. It's contagious. You know, a lot of what defense is is effort, and it's it's wanting to to play harder than the other guy it's wanting to be that pain in the ass that gets right up into somebody i mean like i i wasn't on the show against the warriors but like marcus smart diving for that ball against curry it's like that's the that's not a dirty play like he did it tonight i don't know why i don't know why we're throwing that word dirty around like it's just like a dirty like that's a hustle play and like you can say it's a little dangerous but it's it's always dangerous when a guy hits the deck you know it's it's spur of the moment. These guys are going in 100 miles an hour out there. You think in their mind, they're like thinking
1: about... That was insanity. Where and of course, you it. got to talk important. about something. So it, you always got to blame someone when something bad happens. So the debates right. but that's went that's just mark is smart That's
2: how he plays. And he plays
1: that way on offense. He did it tonight. People. First five minutes yeah. against Barnes. He was on the floor forcing a jump ball. The same right. exact play almost. Same exact positions and all that. Just Curry's foot kind of went right. under him. And unfortunately, that looks like a bad injury for Curry. He might miss the rest of the regular season. So... That has Sound big like implications that. in the West. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate.
2: And I think that's why K- Kerr was upset. You know, I don't. I think deep down he knew that it wasn't a dirty play. But if you want to say it's dangerous, or if it's—I don't even know if I'd say it's reckless. It's just a—it's a hustle play. It's you know, it's—it's it's completely fair game. You know, nobody wants to get hurt. Marcus Smart's not trying to hurt anybody.
1: If Curry was on the floor, it might not have happened. So right. It was just the first one there. Right. So.
2: I know that's a little off tangent, but that kind of goes hand in hand with just Marcus Smart's style of play on both ends of the court. He's always going to be in the conversation for defensive, you know, for all defense, because he's in your face. He's, he's all over the place. You know, he's diving for balls. He's going for steals. He's getting up in your grill and he's not going to back down. So he's always gonna be in that conversation. The difference with Rob is I just think he's just able to just sort of get from one side of the court to the other. And so quickly, um, and switch on to guys and just make it so difficult for, Offenses to get clean shots off, where that's kind of why I'm. I'm Everybody reading.
1: has their part, right? I mean, yeah, I know course. uh Tom. uh Tom Westerholm, there, he he put up a graphic with the analytics that said Horford is the most impactful guy on the defense, <laughs> just because the amount. <laughs> Horford's
2: of... an unbelievable year too on the defensive end. Yeah, and
1: Tatum's been great. I think Tatum leads the league in defensive win shares if you want to go with that stat. And you know, even Brown can be good at times. It's just a unit that works really good together. So. I don't know if you want to do like that All Star thing they did with the Hawks, where like all five guys get credit for whatever. I think all five were All Stars that year on Atlanta. Uh, could five guys be the Defensive Player of the Year? Probably not. Could you have Co Defensive Players of the Year in Smart and Rob? That's probably a little more fitting. Uh, but unfortunately, you get Co- the Co Defensive thing. Players of the Year. I don't know if you are going to get that, but Rudy's probably just going to win. At least that's what yeah. the odds are saying. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's again, it's like almost like the he just kind of has the the rain over already yeah, yeah exactly i mean
1: i think that would be his third
2: rob rob's rob's time is coming though
1: let's let's be honest like rob rob's got years to go here and i mean well no guards won it since 96 gary payton so it'd be really cool if smart won i'm ruined for it because that'd be a great story almost a feather in his cap to his career i mean he's not going to be an all-star he's not going to be an all-nba guy he's got a couple of defenses but you all of a sudden put a defensive player of the year trophy on your case you know. yeah i
2: mean i, I don't think he's that i don't think he's there um smart yeah I mean, defensive player of the year i mean wh- are there are there odds out there right now for these he's players?
1: not in it rob's no. in it so yeah there's yeah. a big bias for sure but uh, i do think if you have a guard who's gonna do it a guy with the reputation like smarts goes a long way because everybody in the media what do they say the heart and soul one of the best defenders yeah. blah 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 blah, <laughs> blah. so like normally a guy like that would be flying under the radar. Whereas Smart, you know, he's got the media reputation. He's got the great reputation around the league for that part of his game. So he he's, he's going to do it if anybody's going to do it here. It's just do the Celtics get a guy because of how many people are involved in their defense. And Rob yeah. Smart probably splitting the vote a little bit on their end. So I'd agree they're probably not going to have a representative in that award, but they're the best defense by far. And I'm sure they'll roll with that and be happy with that rather than any individual awards. Um, yeah. E-May My, I saw today climb the ladder coach of the year. I think he was third in the athletics list. Oh,
2: you saw third? Okay, I, I thought I saw like maybe fourth or fifth. But,
1: but it might have been fourth, but he was in that top five. So yeah. he's in that last conversation last too. Monty Williams. Um, you know, yeah, a couple... I saw
2: um, – who else did I see up there? Oh, Kid was right there.
1: Yep, he deserves it. I think Spolcher there's a bunch of good there. names bolster with the one
2: seed yeah but hey i mean that's i mean e- how many first-year coaches are in that conversation i know we just said jason kidd is one of them as well but i mean it's rare it's 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 pretty rare um to be in that conversation so soon um and especially when you know the way the season started and Ime was kind of taking some heat from from you know fans and
1: taylor jenkins too people. in
2: memphis um he's really turned it around and i think Ime, and i think maybe it was rob who said it he's kind of giving them exactly what they need to hear. He tells, he tells it straight to them. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He challenges them. He calls them out and they responded. And this is the product of them finally responding to that sort of tough love, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and that's what they needed. And that's what everyone said they needed after last season, when it's felt like these guys were tuned out and zoned out and not really engaged in the game anymore. Um, you definitely can't say that about them now they're they're playing um they're playing hard and it's showing in the wins and loss column
1: yeah the athletics list had monty number one of phoenix i mean they have an 80 800 yeah it's percentage. hard to, it's to argue that insane. right yeah <laughs> eric Spoelstra. well yeah think about this celtics have won 24 of 32 now that's a 750 winning percentage the suns have an 800 for the season which Unreal. is just insane yeah, um crazy. Spolstra two, Jenkins four, three, Eme four, gotcha. and Jason Kidd five, according to the Athletic. Uh, so he'll be in the conversation. Who knows if just, he wins again,
2: like again, let's even if he doesn't win, it's just the fact that he's in the conversation that it's it's a great it's a great thing. You know, it's it's nothing that you could be upset about if he doesn't win because um you know how the season started and where it's at right now. Of course, may has to get a good amount of credit for that. Now it's the players at the end of the day who have to perform but I do think that he's definitely has um yeah players respect him I do think that he has the respect of the players and the respect of the fans now too I think um you know you're not going to hear um as much outcry and and of of people challenging sort of some of the decisions that he makes and some of the things that he says because there's a little proven track record to back it up now so we'll see we got a little couple more weeks to go here and then um my only I'm not going to call it a concern my only hesitation with this team is that are are all these other teams going to step it up on the defensive end once the playoffs come around. Are the Celtics just playing harder right question. than everybody else because yeah. they're relying on that aspect but they you know they're they're ahead of everybody in that sense.
1: Yeah, see. That thing kind of narrows down. E-May got asked about that today. I think he kind of just brushed it off and said all oh, this stuff would translate. Uh, but transition game tightens up a little bit in the playoffs. Shooting becomes a lot more important. That's obviously an area they lack in quite a bit. Would they mm-hmm. shoot tonight? Uh, tonight was actually a ridiculous shooting night for them. Fifty-five percent. Yeah, they were fifty percent. I think from three. Or and that's all credit. Tatum and Brown essentially, and Pritchard right. going off. So right. they have some of those explosive nights in them. Um, but mostly you're talking about a 33 to 36 at best percent three-point shooting team, which is fine. Like That's not the worst in the league, but there's some nights where they really go cold, like 18% against Detroit. A couple bad ones before that. Golden State wasn't great. Uh, so there's lingering concerns with this group, but I'm, I'm very confident. I've put myself out there and said they're probably the team to beat in the East. Just the way they're playing, the point differential is number one. Number two in conference record behind Miami. The record's not number one, two-ish, but it could be soon. 11 games to go. They could really work their way up there in the standings. And looks like they're going to here just based on who they're playing late in the year. And a lot of competition against teams like the Bucks and the Bulls who are in that race. Uh, that road trip 10 the year against Chicago, Milwaukee, and Memphis is going to be electric. Um, but 11 to go here. Stretch run really starting to take shape. Our next game's Denver at 8 o'clock on Sunday. Celtics Nuggets out there in Denver. So that'll be a fun one. I'm sure, most of the crew will be here for that game. And uh Jimmy, I believe you are out for that one. So you'll be back Monday. It might right? be out for that one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Real I'm quick, too, we'll give him 30 seconds. Aaron Nesmith still out. Six straight game with the ankle injury there. Doesn't feel like a return's imminent. Ime got asked today could he rejoin the rotation? If Joe Sway was here, he'd be shaking his head. I'm not counting on it. I don't know, Jimmy. It's probably just a wash of a second season for him, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing much in New Smith uh, unless, unless there's a, another yeah. injury
2: of some sort. But, um, He's got to be ready. Uh, last year, last year for sure. I mean, he was starting to get a little bit more burn right before that injury. I'm not saying he was making the most of it, but he was getting a little bit of an opportunity. Um, that being said, you know, the bench is far from a lock. Let's be honest; it's not the deepest uh, bench heading into the playoffs. So, um, if there's a slight opening and E. Smith is healthy enough to play, it's not out of the round of possibilities that he can, you know, reel in some some deep bench minutes here. But I'm not going to hold my breath. Put
1: it that way. All right, real quick before we get out of here, too, just an update on the March Madness polls. We opened the Ooh. show, telling everybody about those. I think there's still a day left or so i know someone's talking about in the chat they get all the details but on the twitter side i know the youtube chat's voting too but uh boomer rage taking it over brownie award right now in round one again this is all in march we'll be doing this throughout yeah. uh, jimmy's fart 80 to 20 rolling on the twitter side so at least it's a quotation
2: fart it's a quotation fart for the record so
1: uncomfortable going. convos what's the point of this podcast that one's tight i went with what's the that point was this a good podcast. one
2: that was honestly like that those are two really good ones that uh the tough first that's a tough first round matchup
1: a little sponsor matchup linkedin uh joe sway shocked over 700 million people calm calm a little weak right now i actually voted for the Com because that was a great is calm losing yeah 55 to 44 on the twitter wow. side now again
2: calm.com it was like a staple for a while
1: on the show again i think youtube's gonna be mixed with this and john was reading some different youtube stuff than i was reading last time but i'm just looking on the twitter side
2: oh you're looking on the twitter side okay
1: yeah uh if you want to pull up the youtube one you can but if i not, don't just... even know how but
2: <laughs> we'll be tweeting them out and they'll be in um yeah they'll be in the chats here but um yeah if you guys
1: phenomenal 96 to four over the yeah, that, panic meter that,
2: that's like the gonzaga i think of uh
1: the panic meter got a racket. tough one round one a panic meter is pretty good too i like that uh, i am Paul, told
2: i i am told that com is winning on youtube by the way so we're getting we're getting results from all over the map right now so
1: it's a tight game 97 to three over pickles pickles didn't last long on the show i think people forget about that one pickle talk yeah that was jimmy saturday night that's coming up to later today obviously 65 to 35 with the kemba ECL zanis advocating for that elite, um, that was an elite show actually all bobby round no bobby, and bobby and bobby's the cornets versus bobby's love for canada 80 20 for the cornets not surprised there bobby um, and the Cornets, yeah that's a good one and uh two other regions real quick here I don't know. We'll update them on Sunday again. Yeah, later. we'll do Sunday. So All like, right, that's that for now. Stay tuned. Stay everybody, have a great
2: weekend. A little, maybe a little delayed St. Patrick's Day celebrations for for everybody out there over the weekend. I know in Boston they'll be going strong for the next couple of days here. So happy St. Patrick's Day, we are a Celtics show. So we should acknowledge, um, you know, St. Patrick and the luck of the Irish to everybody. So. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there.
1: Yep, Celtics Nuggets, 8 o'clock. Tip, 10.30-ish postgame show. And we will be back with a ginormous show. And someone in the comments <laughs> want to hear it. that. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano, uh, Fray Schrad, Blakely, John Zanis, and Joe Sway. We will see you on Sunday. See ya.